Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, doing something a little different. Uh, we're moving to Sunday Shrove's show to uh, Astros Baseball, calling it Astros Baseball Sunday morning. I got a great guest to kick things off, but first let's talk about our sponsor, Ram Shirts, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. All right, without further ado, my guest today is Robert Land, the host of Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Robert, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing better. We're talking Sunday, and we just saw the Astros finally get a win for the first time in about a week, so that was nice. <laughs> we were flirting with having to talk about an 0-5 week, but instead we, we get to talk about a 1-4 week. At least we won yesterday, right? Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the week, do you want to get into this a little bit, Rob? Because let's talk about the week for a sec. I, I got some issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let, let's start with the Detroit series. What, what's your opinion on that? Well, just I, I think it all melds together because if you do the Detroit series and then you mix it up with what, what happened afterwards in Seattle and then what ha what was going on before that, it, it, it all sort of culminates. There's like this big wheel of uh, avalanche that starts to build up and, and starts coming at you real hard. And, and so there's two issues that are killing the Astros. And the first one, obviously, is quality starts from the starting pitchers. I mean, it's just it's been terrible. If you if you can't get quality starts, it becomes this ripple effect and you use the bullpen more. And with every lever reliever you bring in, there's more of a chance somebody doesn't have their good stuff on a particular bam disaster happens. And that's what happened to the Astros. You know, Fromber goes down. That'd be costly because, you know, we knew that'd be costly because, you know, he was such an innings eater last year. So now we have McCullers whose whole career is defined by his inability to rack up consistent quality starts. I thought Urquidy would be reliable, Rob, with his control, but he got off to a rough start. Javier and Odorizzi completely fell on their face. And luckily, you know, Granke crushed it Saturday. But believe it or not, yeah, I, I'm still relatively confident this isn't going to last forever. No, you talked about not having quality starts. Grinky went four and two-thirds on Monday. Odorizzi, who's been horrible, uh, 3.1 innings. Lance McCullers went three and two thirds, but someone said that it may have had something to do with the way he felt after getting the COVID shot. Urquidy went five and two thirds, but I mean, he only gave up two runs, you know, be before the gym that Grinky threw last night. That was actually the best uh, start for the Astros. And, 
And we actually should have won that game. We should be talking about a two and three week instead of a one and four week. Right. And that, that, that happens. What happened on Friday happens, you know, they get up the lead and the bullpen blows it because the bullpen and some of those guys have just, you know, they, they were going to miss eventually, you know, you bring out more and more relievers cause you're not getting anything from the starters and those guys start to wear down and eventually they have bad outings. I mean, that's what happened to some guys that were pitching pretty well. You know, we saw guys that you thought, Oh, they're, they're pretty good. They're having pretty good years, but sooner or later, the wheels are going to come off Rob and the wheels came off in that game on Friday. I mean, you look at the guys that were having the issue and uh, you know, I was starting to really get excited about Abreu and then he finally has a bad game, but that's going to happen. You know, again, that's going to happen. And same with Stanek. I mean, those two guys were perfect example of what I'm talking about. The second issue for the week is clutch hitting. And when you look at the Astros magnificent seven, by the way, do you think that's a good name for him? The magnificent seven. <laughs> pretty, got, pretty good name. Yeah. You got Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Jordan, Yuli, Correa, and Tucker. Everybody's numbers are good except Tucker. And even Tucker hasn't been terrible. What's it? Four home runs and 10 RBI, something like that. But when those guys hit in the clutch, uh, which they, you know, they did that first series, they look like a machine. And then when they stopped hitting, it was like watching playoff Biggio and Bagwell. <laughs> I mean, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, you'd hope it wouldn't be all or nothing with so many good hitters. Maybe three of the magnificent seven could give you clutch hitting on any particular night. But instead, uh, whatever they're doing, it's like everybody's doing. I, I hate to use this wording, but it's kind of like a virus. You know, it just yeah. reminds me of a virus and th that, you know, one guy's uh, not hitting in the clutch. The rest of the Astros don't hit in the clutch and vice versa. Yeah, going into the, I, I believe we did a, a Detroit preview, uh, Detroit series preview show on here. And, and I was I was expecting them to sweep the Tigers. I mean, I I didn't even think they would give us any competition at all. We have we would have Grinky and Odorizzi and McCullers. I was a little iffy about Odorizzi, but I mean, I would have never guessed we would lose two to six and then two to eight. And then we had the the uh, virus thing, right? And we had to bring up was it Wednesday was the first night we had all the young guys? Oh God, it's 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 all melding together. But I mean, I want to ask you about that. Like I to me, I don't get what happened because the Astros all got their vaccines. One guy, according to the Astros, has COVID. Everybody else on the Astros has a vaccine. So why are five guys out? I, I, I don't understand that. It, it feels like, oh, Rob Manfred might be, you know, quietly trying to get his revenge on the Astros for, for embarrassing him like they did. I, I, I don't understand why five guys should be out. What, what's the whole point of the vaccine if we're worried about four guys getting the virus, but they don't have it now and, and they've taken the shot? And then right after that, I think it was yesterday that Minnesota had a, a COVID issue. And instead of making them play with AAA guys, they suspended their games. And a lot of people were saying that was unfair. And they made, well, that was, a, that was well, another at, Rob Manfred stab at the Astros. Yeah. And look at, you know, Lance said after the game, he asked the baseball's commissioner or asked baseball if, 
they play because of what happened um, when all those guys go down before the game and the, they said no dice and he was pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I mean, I think what the, the Washington and maybe Philadelphia, their first series of the year, they that got postponed, you know, but the Astros lose, I mean, almost what, four all-stars? Four all-star players well, and they four and they starters and play. yeah, four starters and three guys that are probably MVP candidates on a yearly basis. I mean, Altuve's won an MVP. Bragman's what finished second, uh, and Jordan might be a future MVP candidate. And yeah, that's that's a lot of guys to lose one day, and then you you got to get replacements in that particular day to play. When you just don't have, typically have that many guys on the it was that was a joke by the Major League Baseball and, and how they handled that. But and like I said, I mean, I'm not much into conspiracies, but boy, it sure seemed weird where all this stuff that we've seen over the last year with what happens when a bunch of guys can't play and the game gets, you know, either suspended or postponed or whatever you want to call it. And the Astros have to play. If you go to. The first game with the Seattle Mariners, you know, we were winning five to two. It seemed like the offense was there a little bit. And then you go to last night's game and Zach Grinke, who was upset about his outing on Monday. And of course he would be giving up six runs on 10 hits. He comes out last night and just throws one of the best games I've ever seen him pitch. But you're on edge the entire night. Are the Astros going to score? I mean, they out hit them. I mean, they had, I mean, I don't know. I think they ended up with 10 or 11 hits. And the and the Seattle had four, maybe four or five at the most. I don't even know if they had five. And But they were never, they were never out of the game just because of the lack of offense. So, I mean, we almost blew this amazing outing by Grinky, But luckily... You know, he didn't allow that to happen. It's like, it doesn't matter if we have offense because I'm not letting anybody score. It was it was a great, great uh, start by Grinky. That gets me to my Dusty Baker beefs of the week. And I don't, I don't know if you've got any Dusty beefs this week, but he pulls Grinky after 91 pitches, Rob. And, you know, you and I are old enough to remember that uh, Nolan Ryan went out there one game back when he was in his prime and threw about 235 pitches like it was yeah. nothing. And these guys, I get it. You know, they're not going to get uh, a bunch of pitches these days. But, you know, he's mowing them along at 91. I mean, that's that's a super low pitch count. He could finish the game with less than 100. And, and 100 is typically the limit. Now, Dusty mm-hmm. pulls him out. I'm upset. But then I see Granky. You know, after the game, say I have more confidence in Presley getting the guys out than I do myself, especially that late in the game. And number one, that concerns me that he's got more <laughs> trust in yeah. Presley that just that just uh, blew blew a game the night before, and and Presley that's not a future Hall of Famer like Zach Granke is. And then it made me also think, uh, Rob. Did Granky feel the same way about his trust in Will Harris in the seventh inning uh, back a couple of years ago? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you talked about Presley blowing that save. I mean, Presley didn't really have the whole inning. You know, he came in with some base runners that Stanek left on. Even that game, you know, you're talking about Dusty Beefs. Like, why not just leave Stanek in there? He's already in there. 
you know, and you just, I think Presley threw what two pitches, he gave up the hit and it was over. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing as you. I mean, Grinky had 80 pitches. It was the eighth inning and they were warming somebody up. And and I was thinking they're not going to take this dude out. Are they like, what are they doing? I mean, you and I are doing this on Sunday morning. I don't know when people are listening to it, but there's a potential third game of this series where you've pitched Ryan Presley twice. If Ryan Presley can't go for you in the third game and it's a one-run game in the ninth inning and you've got to bring out one of these other guys, you might lose the game because you just wouldn't allow Zach Greinke to pitch the ninth inning. And it could have been a three-pitch inning. It could have been super simple and... You know, I, if Zach Greinke was exhausted and that's what he told you, okay, you know, I'm not there. But there was nothing you were seeing as a fan when you were watching him. He, he went fine through the eighth inning. He struck, He had that one struggle, I think it was an inning or two earlier, where he got the double play to get out of it. That was the one inning of the whole night that he was struggling. And it's like, oh, the fourth time through the lineup and you hear all that garbage. To me, that's just, it's garbage. I get that there are yeah. numbers. But when a guy's having a good night, a guy's having a good night. It's like saying, well, you know, this to me, Rob, this is the equivalent. It's like saying, well, you know, Altuve, he, he's gotten three hits in his first three at-bats, but we better pull him for a pinch hitter because, you know, he's not an 1,000 hitter, according to the back of his baseball card. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Let, let's get another guy in there. No, he's three for three. You let him hit the fourth time. How, how hard is that? How hard a decision is that? No, I, I mean, I would have left him in, but it, it did work out for us. But like you said, will Presley be available tonight? Uh, who's pitching tonight? I, I don't even know. Or oh, this afternoon at three, right? Oh, don't ask me. I, 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 oh, it's I, older just, Izzy. It's uh, older Izzy. Yeah, yeah. And so, we'll, yeah, we'll, older Izzy is a topic of the show later on, so you don't have to get into older Izzy yet. Yeah, okay. I got one more dusty beef, though. You got time for one more dusty beef? Yes, one more dusty beef here on Sunday morning. Okay, well, it's every now and then he wants to relive his managerial days in the 90s or the 80s. or what. I, He'll have these senior moments when I just want to pull out one of Jeff Luno's spreadsheets and throw it at him. Uh, case in point this week, Miles Straw. Hey, Dusty, don't lead off Miles Straw ever. He's the eighth worst hitter in this lineup. And if Altuve, Bregman, and Jordan are out, then he still should be near the bottom of the order. And Rob, in no world should Miles Straw get more at-bats in a game than Michael Brantley. No. There, there was also the, I think it was Friday, wasn't it, that um, all these guys were out for COVID and he, he sat Kyle Tucker out. Like, why would you, you set out your RBI leader and your home run leader when you have five, six guys out for COVID, I mean, he rest them when they come back. Don't don't yeah. do it while they're all out. Oh, of course. And it's like you know, he's like, well, Kyle. You know, the an- answer that Dusty would give. Well, Tucker's been struggling. He needed a day off. He had a day off. It was called Thursday. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we did a poll. Um, I usually do a poll on Saturdays, and we'll go to the results on Sundays. But let me ask you this, between the Astros slumping plus the players on the injured list, do you think the Astros will be above 500 at the end of April? Yes I or no? Still have, 
I, yeah, I still got confidence because like we talked about, I, I think this starting pitching staff is going to start going deeper in games. And once that happens, it, it'll be a ripple effect. And again, hopefully these guys will be ready to play here in the next few days from everything you're hearing from the Astros is it's potentially, you know, the Altuve's and the Bregman's uh, and the Jordans will be back. I say yes as well. I, I mean, even if it's one game, I think the the number of games they're either going to be one game over or one under. I don't think the number of games they could be even. I'm not really sure about that, but I voted yes. The people who voted on the poll, 66% said yes. So looks like the majority of Astro fans still have confidence in our guys, and uh, you know the. the the way last night went, we finally got a win. Sometimes that's all it takes, you know, get 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 the taste of winning back in your mouth. And I know I said that backwards, like get the taste of losing out of your mouth, but yeah, I I think they're I think they're gonna be good. Uh who do you have as your players of the week? We do a player of the week every week. We do a pitcher and a position player. Do you have that ready? Do you have a position player ready? Is there a position player that would be the player of the week? Yuli, I guess, because he's just killing it out there. I mean, that's the only option, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know if he was uh, jacking a lot of home. It, nobody was getting RBIs, but at least he, Yuli was still hitting. Yeah, Yuli went, you know, from Monday to Saturday. Yuli Gurriel went 8 for 18. He, he had 8 hits, 2 RBIs. He had three hits, two hits, two hits, one. And then last night, you know, is he was I think he was the only guy in the lineup last night that didn't get a hit. But he was the only one hitting before the game. And that was kind of surprising that everyone got a hit. And your boy Miles Straw got a couple of hits down at the nine hole. And that reminds me of if you remember back in the day when Jake Marisnik was our nine hitter. I mean, this was probably like 2014, maybe like you know, pretty early on in the rebuild. And he was killing it in the nine hole. And they decided to move him up to the one and he just blew. And, you know, me and my friends talking about it, we're like, they should just leave him there. Like he's doing good in the nine hole. It's a different type of pressure moving him up. Just leave him there. And so maybe Miles Straw will flourish better in the nine hole without that pressure of being the leadoff hitter. It scares me because Yuli gets moved up to the two hole after he was just rolling and, you know, he has a night where he doesn't get a hit. And it's like, it, it's, it's almost like Dusty just looks at what they did the night before a lot of times. And, and then that's how he decides the lineup, except Miles Straw, which, you know, apparently he never looks and sees to what, what he's doing. Cause he, you know, he's leading off of for a couple of games, but that, that, that's typically what he's done. And he's, he just keeps, keeps moving guys around to the lineup and I don't, I don't necessarily like that. I just, for the most part, I like leaving him in a spot. The problem is I don't think Dusty knows where that they should be. Like it took him the first few games to figure out, Hey, Jordan's pretty good. And he gets RBIs. Maybe he should be batting clean off clean up instead of the, the six hole. So I, yeah, I just, I'm not a big fan of what he's done with lineups over the last couple of years. I, I thought AJ Hinch had it pretty nailed for his whole time here. All right, so I, I just had this thought real quick about last night's game. You know, you had the Grinky, you know, when you said he was in trouble and he had the two guys on, and he had that that uh, comebacker 
that he actually dropped and he didn't do it on purpose, but it turned into a double play. You know, he had two on with one out. And also the, the you know, what, what made me think of it is Yuli Gurriel. I think there was one guy on and he had that great catch, you know, that line drive catch. I didn't, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know he caught it. Like it was just, it was an out and it was at the right moment. So, you know, Yuli Gurriel didn't get any hits, but he did have that big play to contribute to the win. So I'll give him a little credit on that. Well, the other thing about Yuli is, and I, and I think Yuli is without question, the Astros second best first baseman ever, because not only has he been such a great offensive weapon over the years, but defensively, I've never seen an Astros first baseman better than Yuli Gurriel. I mean, he makes all sorts of plays with balls in the dirt, uh, makes diving plays. I mean, you know, he's played, third base and shortstop and second base in his career. And it's yeah. rare that you get somebody with that kind of range and glove playing first base. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, being a normal third baseman that can't play third because we have Bregman, you know, he's got that third baseman skills. Uh, so pitcher, that was also hard to pick in a week like this. And even though he had a horrible outing on Monday, I mean, with the, the outing last night, I'm going with Zach Greinke. Well, I don't know if there's much other choice. I mean, it's been that bad of a week. There's, you get one good outing and you win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had Belak who threw two and a third's inning the other day with three strikeouts and one hit. I mean, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, normally Greinke wouldn't be the pitcher of the week, but I mean, I, he, this might be the first. Uh, game that our pitcher went eight innings this year. I don't think anyone's has anyone thrown eight innings the entire season. Oh, of course not. No, no, no way. Without it, we was there a seven inning? I don't even know if there's a seven inning. Did Arkady get seven on Friday? That that was the only seven inning if it was Arkady. And because nobody's gotten in, in no, a, he threw five and two thirds. Yeah, so there's there, there was nobody that he had even gone seven. I mean, uh, the, most of them had gotten to the sixth. And we're pulled in the middle of the six. If that would have been a good outing, I think Greinke did a full six maybe early in the season. Yeah, I, I think maybe Urquidy did a seven. Maybe no. McCullers might have had no. a seven no. earlier. No. I don't know, no. but no, nope. no one's done an eight. No. I can tell you that. No. no, 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 none of those. No, McCullers. He can't even get to. He can't even get a full six out there. And Urquidy, his best outing was that last outing. I mean, he he's no, he's still. He's still uh, nobody, like I said, except Granky had even gotten a full six before Granky's eight on Saturday. That's what we miss most about Framber Valdez, and I don't have any updates on him. And I hope, hopefully, he comes back because last year you could pencil Framber Valdez in for seven innings, and that that's kind of pitcher we need on this team. Yeah, and that's the other thing you missed about Verlander. That Verlander was just so automatic, and just having one of those guys in your rotation that you go, okay, he's going out there and he's giving you seven every single time. And and that's the the one thing that you were kind of scared with the Astros. You know, Granke's a veteran. He's the guy that you would have thought, but he hasn't pitched that well in an Astros uniform during the regular season on a consistent basis. So you have these guys that are young guys coming into the season that were coming off short seasons, so they're not pit used to pitching, you know, 162 games. Um, and then Fromber, the one guy that you thought, well, at least for the first half of the season, 
he should be able to get you long in the games. And then, you know, he goes down. So it's like uh, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers, or Keedy. Do I trust any of these guys to give me seven every game? No. And that's that's what's happened so far. But I, like I said, I think I, I think Urquidy is a guy that you're going to be able to rely on. Uh, he's he's starting to get it together. I have a better feeling about him. And Lance is inconsistent, and at some point he's going to start, you know, he'll string together a couple of games where he'll get six or seven, you would assume. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to go to the segment called Fair or Foul, where I will ask Robert Lance some questions, and if he agrees, he'll say fair, and if not, he'll say foul. So we'll go to Fair or Foul right now. Get ready. It's time for Fair or Foul. All right, Robert, you ready to get started on fair or foul? Yeah. All right, some of, these, some of these are fun. You know, there, there'll be questions about food, about fashion, about the Astros, about anything. You never know what's coming your way. Uh, so, number one, you know how they have kids run the bases on Sundays. Do you think there should be an adult run the bases day? Fair or foul? Foul. I, I'm not a big fan. Uh, look, adults, you, you had your time in the sun. It's over with. No way. <laughs> I'll say fair. And because of this reason, I, I, I didn't grow up where there was a major league baseball team. I didn't have a chance to be Astros buddy. And I, I mean, could I even actually make it around the bases without hurting myself or falling down or that, that that's what? the problem right there you, the, uh, you can't get adults out there because you would have to have ambulances standing by wouldn't you rob yeah i mean we see it on tv but i mean would i be able to breathe after i went all the way around it, it maybe it would be adults walk around the bases i don't know it looks fun but now now i'm thinking about it could i do it i, I maybe i'd have the train for it <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad idea. All right, number two, and this is uh, about tonight's game. If Odorizzi gets blown up today, should they send him down to the alternate site to practice a little more, I guess you would say? My answer to that is, yeah, sure, why not? Because Javier, you can bring him back. I mean, it's, I, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of immediately taking Javier out of the rotation. But let's let's understand this one thing uh, with Javier. He's not going to be able to go every game this year because he's never done a full year, and he, his arm's not built for it yet. You know, they only did 60 games last year. He did a couple more because of the playoffs. But, you know, that was going to be a deal. But, you know, Javier, to me, he's got the best stuff on the, in the rotation except for Fromber, who's not pitching right now. So, um, you know, I, I could easily bring back Javier. And Odorizzi's an okay pitcher, but Javier's got, you know, he's got top of the rotation type stuff. Like, he, he could be a one-two guy. I would say fair as well. I mean, he hasn't even done anything to prove that he should be in the rotation. I mean, he's pitched horribly his first two outings. But, hope. I mean, he's a professional. You know that he's good. You know, whenever, after these first two outings, it made me well, think. No wonder it's only one. He he, he's up. only got oh, one. Oh, he only pitched. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might have seemed like two because he he's got a thirteen ERA, but it's only one. Maybe I'm thinking about his uh, 
spring training start. I don't know. He's only pitched one time. I didn't even know that. Three at three point one innings. Yep, that's it. All right, so I'll say foul then. I thought he had two bad ones. I I, I say give him another chance. But I mean, well, I don't know what's wrong with the guy. Maybe he needs some more work. You know, he did he did come on late, so I'll still say fair. Let him go down. Bring Javier back up while he gets strength back up. All right, this question has been asked a lot in the past, you know, after the scandal. But now that we've played a three-game set against Detroit, led by A.J. Hinch, and we were swept by that team, should the Astros have rehired A.J. Hinch like uh, Boston did with their uh, manager? Looking back now in hindsight, should they have rehired Hinch instead of Dusty Baker? I just say foul because Jim Crane, you know, I think his back was against the wall on this. You can say we wanted him to 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 come back as a as a fan, but from baseball's perspective and from Jim Crane's perspective, it it, it just wouldn't. I mean, I yeah, you, you have to say foul because I, I just don't think there was a choice. I, I think if if he does that, then you know, the owners and everybody get all upset. It's stupid because he's still managing baseball the next year. But yeah, that that's my issue with it. And uh, may, may, maybe things would have changed if Dusty uh, does much worse last year. Maybe they would have brought A.J. Hinch back. I don't know. Could have happened. Yeah, I just figured a lot of people, you know, there was a lot of people that wanted uh, A.J. Hinch back. I was not one of them, even though he was great. You know, I figured... You know, he was running the team. I don't want him back if he can't control the guys. But, you know, Detroit will take him back. And I talked about this on a podcast not too long ago because I seen a story written by the the Detroit Free Press. And the guy was saying that uh, he was talking about the Astros getting booed. And uh, he said A.J. Hinch doesn't deserve to be booed. And I don't I don't get that at all. But that, that's one thing I was thinking. If he did hire him, then when A.J. Hinch went out, he would be getting booed with the rest of the guys. But a lot of guys are escaping it. You know, I don't think Marvin Gonzalez is getting booed. He was just a hero in a game with the Red Sox last night. But anyway. Well, I'll, let me put it this way. With, with A.J., I, you mentioned something I wanted to talk about this week because that, that happened this week with A.J. Hinch getting cheered when he came out there. Let, let me just point this out. Number one. Um, with the cheating scandal, I forget if you and I have talked about this, but you know, my belief on that was, you know, whether you think everybody in baseball cheats or not, it doesn't matter to me, you know, don't be one of those teams that cheat, you know, end of story, uh, just because everybody else doing it, it's like the old, you know, when you tell your five-year-old, well, if everybody else is jumping off a building, are you going to jump off a building? You know, that's, it's the, that's the same theory for me. So with AJ, uh, you know, my, my thing was, I, I just, I wouldn't have cheered him. I know everybody's like, well, he won us a world series, but it's a world series that anybody outside of Houston has got zero respect for. It's like, it never happened now. And, you know, if, if he would have just stopped them doing what they did, I still think they win the world series, Rob. I still think that's how good a team it was. That's how well they were playing. I don't think they were doing everything they were doing because of trash cans, you know, and, and, and if we get the world series in and, and, and a honest to God way, then AJ's, you know, still 
managing the Astros and we're still like relishing in the fact that we won a World Series three years ago or four years ago. I agree with you. Number four, having two favorite teams in whatever sport, Major League Baseball, NFL, college, having two favorite teams, fair or foul? I'm going to say that's fair. Uh, baseball and football and and basketball, like on the pro level, that, that's got to be weird because, you, but I grew up in Houston and if you grew up, maybe you moved around a lot when you were a kid and there was a couple different teams that you like. I, I could see that. And I do understand it from one perspective. You know, I, I grew up in Houston, so I'm a Houston Cougars college basketball fan, pro, pro or college football fan. Uh, but I also love my alma mater, Missouri. So I have two different college uh, sports teams. So I, 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 I'm there with that. So why not, you know, two uh, pro teams? And, and you know, it's, uh, it's different because I, I, I grew up in the same place for a long time, but not everybody did. Yeah, I mean, I, I say foul because, I mean, I guess you could have like a secondary, like, like, let's say this, let's say the Astros are my team and you can say the Milwaukee Brewers are my National League team because a friend I grew up with, is, that's his favorite team. So I kind of pull for him. But, but as far as like being equally upset, I mean, I don't know how you can have that much passion for two teams. That would be pretty hard. But but you're right about college. I've met plenty of people like that. You know, they maybe they grew up in Wisconsin, you know, and they're Badger fans, but but they go to UT, you know, and so they like both of them. Or maybe maybe their their kids go to UT and they they switch allegiance. So well, I, I, just, I can see imagine if your parent what imagine if both of your parents are UT people and you grew up going to Longhorn games, but when you go to college. You go somewhere else because it fits, you know, the career path that you're on and you become a fan of that team. And so, yeah, that's another reason you'd have two different college teams. Uh, again, it's it's hard for me to fathom on the pro level, but that's only because, you know, I, I grew up in one place from zero to 18. And so yeah. it, I have no perception of what it would be like if you were moving around all the time. If you were, you know, an army brat or your dad had a job where he's like going from or mother, whatever it is, from town to town. All right, question number five. This is a food question. Um, spaghetti with meat sauce is better than spaghetti with meatballs. Fair or foul? Doesn't it all depend on what meat, who's doing the meat sauce and who's doing the meat? I mean, it just depends on if it's good, it's good, right? It doesn't matter what's on it. Am well, I right? how do you prefer it? <laughs> Do you prefer it, the meat inside of the sauce, or you like meatballs? Well, I, I, it's been ages since I've had either, either uh, <laughs> or. Um, I'm I'm not much of a uh, spaghetti person on a regular basis. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just I just don't eat it. But you know, I I guess if I were to choose, I would choose meatballs. But what if you're vegetarian, Rob? You ever think of that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I have to come up with these five questions every week. And I was like, what kind of food haven't I talked about? Last week, the question was, you know, when you eat hot wings, is, is uh, blue cheese better than ranch? And, and I, I say blue cheese, you know, but I couldn't think of any other food question. 
I'm not a foodie, so I'm the wrong, wrong person to ask on, on food questions. All right. That's it, Robert. That's fair foul. And that is uh, the show for today, Astros Baseball Sunday mornings. Tell everybody where they can find you. Houston Sports Talk is the podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at HST Podcast. I have a lot of grumpy thoughts on Twitter. The website's Houston Sports Talk. Dot net, but if you type in Houston Sports Talk, we're right there in the top of your searches, even right there with the big radio stations around town. But it's it's Houston Sports Talk. We're on all the normal places. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google, all, everywhere you can get your, your podcast. So you can follow Houston Sports Talk podcast. Uh, follow your Texans, your Rockets, and your Astros. Robert, thanks again for coming on, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of Astros Baseball. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.